I want to thank you for joining us today on Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're at the beginning of a brand new series called Created for Glory, Redeemed by Grace. And today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called It's All About Worship. Let's open our Bibles and our hearts to God's Word. Why don't you open your Bible to Revelation chapter 4. We're going to be reading a number of verses this morning, but before we go there, I just want to mention that we're starting a new series. The title of the series is Created for Glory, Redeemed by Grace. And I hope as you begin to see today, we're going to lay the foundation for this series. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to flesh this out and build this. But I want to say this, all of God's glory coming through our lives and all of God's grace working in our lives begins with that foundation of worship. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you want to think the whole message boiled down to one word, worship. Now let me say this. Worship is the most important thing about you. Of all the other things that define you, how you live, who you know, where you work, all these details about you, someday, in a clear sense, all of it will be boiled down to this topic of worship. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul wrote to the Romans, he said, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Jesus Christ was our eternal sacrifice. But now Paul encourages them to give their lives as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your, here it is, spiritual worship. Then he says something very interesting. How are we supposed to live out this spiritual worship? He says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now every one of us here, I would hope, we want our lives to be defined by those last three major words. Good, acceptable, and perfect. That is the will of God. All of us want our lives to be filled with and, and, and directed by the will of God. But here's the choice we have to make. As believers in Jesus Christ, we have to make a choice about what our worship will look like after we've come to be a believer. Either, as Paul says, we can choose to live as believers, but be, in a sense, still living in the conformity to this world, to live by the, if you will, the culture of this world. Or we can choose to live lives of spiritual worship being transformed by the will of God. I'm hoping by the end of this series that God will draw our hearts to live for His glory and to live by His grace with more clarity than ever before. If you have a sense in your heart that I came to know Jesus Christ, therefore I'm fully living out my worship, uh, you would be kidding yourself. 
I think many of us probably wonder, why is the world in the condition it is? And for that matter, why are Christians in the condition they are? Then if we get more personal, we ask, why is my own life lived the way it is? And the truth of the matter is, for many of us, for all of us, we're not experiencing the glory of God as he's created us to be. And neither are we living fully by the grace of God. The gospel has opened our hearts, has changed us, but some of us don't see that fully lived out. And the reason is we are being uh, living conformed to this world instead of living transformed uh, by the gospel of Jesus Christ in every way. That's uh, where we're going. My heart for you, my heart for us, is that me as a man or you as a woman or me as a single person, or me as a married husband, or me as a married wife, or me as a child, or me as a parent, or me, whatever your category is, would fully reveal the glory of God as God has called us to do. But today we begin with the topic of worship. The title of the message is, it's, uh, what is it? It's all about worship. Let's go to Revelation chapter 4. I love this passage. John is about to be in a vision, transferred up to uh, the throne room, and here's what he says, chapter 4, verse 1. John says, and after this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the spirit, he was in a vision, and behold, a throne room stood in heaven with one seated on the throne, and he who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald, and around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads." And from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. That's representing the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Verse 6. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. And the first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and, here's the key word, worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. From this passage, 
the focus of the worship in the throne room of God is strictly focused at this point on creation. Now you need to hear this. You were created good. Or at least our great, 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 great grandparents were. But you were created for the glory of God. You were created good. God said, this is good when he created. We were created, we were created good, and we were created good for God, by God, for his glory forever. Why don't you make a note of this? You were masterfully created to worship God and exhibit his glory. If you're ever wondering, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? It always begins here. Creation by God. Some of us wonder, well, pastor, if I'm created for the glory of God, why, why do I see so much confusion and mess and chaos in the world around me? Why do I see it in my family? Why do I see it in my own heart? Well, I'm going to tell you the reason why we don't fully see the glory of God more perfectly in our lives has directly to do with this topic of worship. Listen, worship is valuing God for who he created us to be. And it's more importantly, valuing and worshiping him as creator. Now, what is this topic of worship? What is worship? Well, I'm sure there's many definitions that could be given by many smarter men than me, so I'm going to give a real simple definition. Take this definition. True worship is valuing God in adoration. It's valuing or giving worth to God. It's expressing worth to God in adoration. Here's the second thing that worship is. Worship is finding my value in God. And most of us would think of the first definition, but sometimes I don't think we think about the second definition. Now let me flip the coin for a second and say, what is idolatry? What is idolatry? It's not some funky looking wood carving that somebody created. Idolatry is valuing something or someone outside God in adoration. That only he deserves. Idolatry is also finding my value in something outside God. Here's the tricky thing. Sometimes we can worship God and give him value, but find our own value in something other than God. Think about these four living creatures. These guys are pretty interesting Obviously, there's a lot of symbolism here in Revelation, uh, but these four living creatures appear to be exactly as he's describing it. Now, if most of us saw them, we'd think, weird, awesome, sci-fi, for real? Like, he got these creatures that look like, Paul, he, John can't even, the only one he can describe is the person, that, the one creature that has a face like a human. He doesn't say like, he just says uh, a face of a human. But it's this lion and this eagle and these creatures with these wings and here right before the throne. I mean, the next time you're feeling ugly, well, sort of be glad you weren't created with eyes beneath and around and 
That'd be a really interesting conversation to have somebody with, you know, 500 eyes on them. But that, that's another sub. I, I'm, those are the things I... Here's the thing I want you to see about these creatures who are so awesome, they would make us look simplistic. These creatures created by the living God, note, they give value to God and they find their value in God. Their worship before the throne is absolutely perfect because as a creature, they have found their value in the eternal God who has created them and are giving glory to God. That's worship. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, as a result of listening to Meeting with God Daily, I hope that your passion for Jesus Christ is growing in such a way that you're learning to share your faith with others. You know, that's something that our church is committed to, equipping men and women to share the good news of Jesus through personal witness and church outreach. And if you don't have a church here in Columbus, Ohio, we'd love to have you join us this weekend. Go to verticalchurch.life. You're like, well, pastor, that's great. That's great. Could you bring that down to my world a little bit? I was thinking about that. I was thinking about my little daughter, who's now four months old. There's just something special about any child. But for me, looking into the eyes of my daughter, and um, there's just something special when you, as a dad, walk in the room. And I had this with each child, but now with Tirza, and, and the baby's eyes just light up. And you experience that joy of that connection, and, and suddenly that child's attention is fully on you. But I'm under no illusions. That won't last forever. I know there's a day coming, and I'll be sitting in the living room, and she's going to walk into the room someday, and she's going to say, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, guess what? I got to know this guy, Jimmy, and, um, and Jimmy told me that I'm the most beautiful woman he has ever seen, and he loves me. Now, if I'm in a good mood that day, I'll smile quietly. If I'm in a bad mood that day, I'll remind her that Jimmy has no life, no job, <laughs> except that he plays four hours of video games every day and wouldn't be worth my daughter forever. But here's the other thing that could happen. A couple weeks go by, a couple months go by, and then I'm sitting in the living room and she comes in a different way. And she comes to me and she says, um, Dad, just crushed. Dad, I found out on Facebook today that I'm not really the person that Jimmy loves anymore. And Dad, Dad, my heart's broken. What do I do, Dad? He doesn't love me anymore. Well, on the inside, I'll be thinking I sort of told you so, but <laughs> I would never say that. My little girl's heart is broken. And what I will say in that moment and what I hope I'm thinking in that moment is, honey, listen, your value is not wrapped up in Jimmy. You may have been confused about that, but your value is not wrapped up in Jimmy. And more than that, your value is not even wrapped up in your father who loves you more than anyone else on the planet Earth. More than anything, honey, your value comes from your creator, your heavenly father who loves you more deeply than anyone. 
that will help her see for the first time perhaps in a clear way that her value, her worship is meant to be directed toward her creator and that her value comes from her creator. Now here's the thing, back to Jimmy for a minute. We all have Jimmys in our lives. All of us, whether we realize it or not, pastors have Jimmys. You have Jimmys. We all have things in our lives that we allow to kind of sidestep God and become avenues for giving us value that only he can ever give. And maybe your Jimmy is your career. Maybe your Jimmy is your spouse, your husband. Maybe your Jimmy is your children. Maybe your Jimmy is your parents. Maybe your Jimmy is your education. Maybe your Jimmy is a football team. Whatever your Jimmy is, no one can give you value like your Heavenly Father. And I'm going to tell you, worship and glory to God begins with a full understanding that my value and all my worship is meant to be directly given and come from my creator, my heavenly father, my God. And I would tell you today, if you've come in here, all of us have brought little jimmies with us. And the sooner that we can lose the jimmies in our lives, the sooner our lives will more fully be devoted to our heavenly father to more fully Will the glory of God be seen in our lives? Beyond us as individuals, which I just referenced, listen, God created gender. God created marital roles. God created the home. God created the parent-child relationship. God created social relationships. God created the world. God created, you might say, the universe, our environment. All of them to reveal his glory. All of them to bring him glory. My heart for us as we begin this new study is to more fully realize that we don't start dealing with how do I fix this in my marriage? How do I become a, a man whose heart is after God? How do I become a woman who raises children that love the Lord? We don't start there. We start at the foundation, which is the word worship. If this, as we see here in the text, if everything begins with an understanding that God is my creator and God is the one who loves me and is the one who created me and gives me my value, then we're ready to talk about the other topics. But until then, as long as we have jimmies we're holding to, we'll always be waiting for the next heartbreak. Well, we might be asking, well, why, why aren't we living that? Why don't we see the glory of God in our lives more fully? Well, again, we have to understand that we were created to worship and to bring glory to God. We were created with uniqueness. Now, God's plan all along was for us to be creatures that would worship him, that would fully live for his glory. That didn't happen. Why don't you turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 1. Keep a finger in Revelation. We're coming back to Revelation 5 in a few minutes here. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I know I've asked this question. I know many of us in our own ways have asked this question. So why does my life resemble and reveal so little of God's glory? 
Another way to say it is, why is my life broken the way it is? Paul tells us here, I'm going to begin with the good news, then we'll move from there. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, that's the best news. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And here's the key term, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. It's interesting here he talks about our bodies. It's the polar opposite of Romans 12, 1, of giving up our bodies as a living sacrifice. But he continues, verse 25, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And here it is, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. This is like the worst exchange in the history of humankind. Don't you make a note of this? We chose to pursue degraded worship and dysfunctional glory. I'm going to use our broadly, but we, our humankind, chose to exchange the glory of God and to exchange the truth of God for worship corrupted. No longer based on the glory of God, we chose to worship ourselves and other creatures. Well, notice how that ends. Verse 26 says, For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They are filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless... Though they know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, Scripture says the wages of sin is death, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. I think what we see here is worship completely corrupted. It all comes down to what we might call the worst exchange 
ever. I remember reading a story of a fella. He was apparently ticked off at his wife. And uh, he decided that the way he would get back at her was to go into a coin collection she had. She apparently had this really, really old coin collection. And what he did is he just went out for pizza and paid for it with all these old coins at face value. Coins that were probably worth thousands of dollars. Just, here's 50 cents. Oh wait, you need, I'm sorry, the pizza bill is 1378 and probably paid with it, but how much money? Well, in essence, that's what we did with God. We took the glory of God and exchanged it at terrible value and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. Again, this is the second part of worship. All the problems we see around us come back to the heart of worship. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. If you missed part of today's message or would like to hear other messages from Pastor Luke Aarons, please visit our archive of Meeting with God radio programs at our website, verticalchurch.life. There you'll find a collection of past messages from God's Word, which you can listen to easily, as well as share with your family and friends. Also on our website, you can learn how to connect with Vertical Church personally if you're in Columbus or leave a prayer request. As always, we hope you'll join us here tomorrow at the very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.